You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another episode of the Swamp 247 Podcast. I am your host, Graham Hall, joined by my co-host, Jacob Rudner, and it's here. Florida's first SEC road trip of the season. We are here to talk about it. The Gators are going to Lexington, Kentucky to take on the undefeated Wildcats, a team that has had Florida's number the past two years, has won three of the past five matchups, and this used to be such a lopsided contest. I mean, Florida fans could go back more than two decades of handing the Wildcats losses in this series. This was not seen as a competitive matchup for a long time when Florida had the upper hand on the Wildcats, but that hasn't been the case for the past few years. Like I mentioned, Mark Stoops has been one of the longest tenured coaches in the SEC. I think just behind Nick Saban now, he has turned that program absolutely into a competitive one in the SEC East. They've been ranked multiple times over the past couple years, and they have benefited from the transfer portal year in and year out since it has been a big thing in college football, and that is absolutely the case this season. So without further ado, we are here to talk all about the Wildcats. If you haven't seen our coverage at Swamp247.com, make sure you check it out. Scouting preview, features on the Gators and the Wildcats, what to look for, how to watch. It's all there at Swamp247.com, and we're going to dive a little bit into it here with Mr. Rudner. Let's just go right into it, Jacob. This Kentucky offense, I think so much of the focus was about Devin Leary, but they've added some other pieces there. What do they do well? What kind of challenger does it look like they're going to pose for this Gators defense uh, come Saturday? Yeah, this is a a good unit. Um, They are averaging 38 points per game, and I will preface everything that I say uh, in my review of Kentucky with this uh, disclaimer. This is a Kentucky team that is 4-0 and 1-0 in the SEC, That being said, it has not really been challenged so far this season. And that matters uh, just in terms of the statistics that I'm going to mention uh, and and my overall thoughts. It does come from watching this team through four games, now a third of its season. Uh, But it definitely should be noted that the the level of competition is is reasonably low. Uh, And and that does obviously have uh, influence on the outcomes. That being said, uh, a unit that is scoring 38 points per game, you don't just do that by accident. Uh, This is a group that has done very well in terms of its ability to hit on deep passes. Billy Napier mentioned it. Uh, It's a shot-taking, explosive offense. They're going to challenge you vertically. Uh, And you mentioned some newcomers uh, in that wide receiver department. They have looked really good. 
uh, you know, three starting wide receivers who I think uh, are, are quite talented. Robinson in particular uh, has been targeted 19 times so far this season, 16 catches, no drops. Uh, and so when, when Kentucky goes his way, uh, good things tend to happen. Uh, Devin Leary, huge arm. Billy Napier acknowledged it earlier this week. A guy who can, in Billy Napier's words, throw the ball all over the park. Uh, he's eight for 23 this season on deep ball attempts, which is something that uh, Napier singled out as a key determining factor of how this game is going to go. Uh, he has 272 yards on explosive passing, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he has nine touchdown passes on the season, uh, but he has also been picked off quite a bit, a little bit more turnover prone than I think Kentucky fans might've expected from him, or at least at the start. Um, and considering the competition, I, I would say that that's in, yellow to reddish flag territory uh, for, for Leary, just in terms of uh, keeping the ball clean, avoiding turnovers. Napier singled that out as well uh, as an area that Florida would need to be better than it has been defensively so far this season. Really productive unit for Florida uh, in terms of, you know, stopping yards and keeping teams off the scoreboard. Not such a productive unit uh, when it comes to generating turnovers. And, and Florida's head coach said as much this week uh, and basically, you know, told reporters that they needed to be better in that department. Uh, in order for them to really achieve their goals this season. And that will be critical against a guy who, Devin Leary, who uh, has been turnover prone. Uh, run game has been solid for the Wildcats so far this season. Uh, Florida fans might remember that Vanderbilt game last year. The guy who gashed Florida on the ground in that game uh, is now back to do it for Kentucky. So that is something to keep an eye out for. I will say this, Florida's vastly improved uh, in the run stopping department. And so that uh, you know, will be interesting to see how well the Gators can neutralize a player who gave them fits last year. Um, not, not too much else. I think that the concern for Florida's defense will need to be how well it can defend that vertical game that I mentioned. Uh, you know, Kentucky is going to uh, do as much as it can to challenge Florida over the top, over the top to to stretch them vertically, uh, force Florida's young DBs to respect the speed and athleticism. Uh, and, and deep route running ability that these wide receivers in this Kentucky offense have, uh, as well as Devin Leary's arm ability. It, it is all very significant. Three touchdowns on eight, eight long passes so far this season, I think is significant. When, when those plays hit, uh, they hit big uh, for huge yardage. And I think Florida will have to protect against that. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned it on our podcast earlier this week. We haven't seen Florida get tested vertically in the way I think they'll be tested in this game. This is a young defensive back unit. Devin Moore is, is you know a sophomore, but he only played five games last year and he's been good so far this season. But but again, against different styles of passing attack than what Florida's going to see this weekend. Uh, Jalen Kimber and, and Jason Marshall obviously add some experience, but then you look at you know Jakeem Jackson, Dejon Johnson. Uh, you go even deeper into the secondary at the, the safety position. Jordan Castell is a starter. Bryce Thornton is going to play Significant reps, you know, especially with, you know, Kamari Wilson not being on the depth chart this week, uh, you know, more reps for young players. Uh, it'll be a challenge. I, I, Florida's linebackers will have to be on their P's and Q's to defend that intermediate area. Uh, Kentucky does ha get good tight end play and, and its receivers are capable uh, in, in other down, you know, other distances, not just deep. Uh, and so this should be, this should be a challenging one. I think, I think Kentucky poses the threat. I think a lot of people thought maybe Tennessee would. Uh, entering that game. This, to me, feels a little more real, even though, I, again, I know I picked uh, Tennessee to win that game. But but this 
this feels a little bit more credible of an offensive threat. We've seen four games now, and I think Devin Leary is certainly proving effective. We've certainly seen the threat that Liam Cohen coached offense can pose for a team, and his return, I think, was absolutely massive for the Wildcats this season. One of the big additions, I think, that maybe flies under the radar as well. And then you mentioned Davis getting him from Vanderbilt. I think his ability, one of the more underrated rushers in the SEC last season, and now he's at a place in Kentucky that is used to having backs who just produce, who maybe don't get the claim they deserve. And so I think that that absolutely is going to be a factor. And they're going against a Florida defense that is very highly rated against the run this season, maybe a little bit less so against the pass. So look for Florida, that real big key to the game to be, like you said, Jacob, how Florida defends against the pass. I think that's going to be a huge key to the game, but the Gators are also going to have to score points as well. We have seen this Florida offense have, I think, a good bit of success throughout this season, I think you could say, although they're coming off a performance where they didn't fully execute as well as they would have liked, especially in the red zone, had to settle for five field goals. It was an impressive performance by Trey Smack, who is going to once again take care of place kicking and uh, field goal attempt duties, um, kickoff duties as well for the Gators in this contest. So that is absolutely something to watch. But for an offense that struggled to execute last week against Charlotte is, is maybe looking to have a more impressive performance. What are they going to have to deal with from this Kentucky defense? And, and what does this Wildcats defense do well so far this season? Yeah. Th- so this, this is the real challenge of this game, in my opinion. I think that the, the determining factor in who's going to win or lose this is not necessarily as much as, you know, in between the matchup of Florida's defense versus the Kentucky offense. I, th- I think Florida's defense has proven uh, so far this season, that it is certainly uh, improved, it is capable, uh, and, and it should be able to, in my opinion at least, hold Kentucky to a reasonably low score offensively. Uh, where I have the biggest questions is how Florida's offense will fare against a Kentucky defense that looks really good to start the season. This is the best run-stopping unit in the country through four games. And granted, it is worth noting again, the competition level has not been very good, but it matters When you're holding a team to under three yards per rush and you've done it through four games in a 12-game season, it's significant. And and, and granted, yes, Florida has a much more potent rushing attack, in my opinion, than the teams Kentucky has faced to date so far this season. But the success matters. And, 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 you know, people can nitpick about Florida's results, too. If Two of Florida's games have come against McNeese, which is, you know, one of the lesser competitive FCS teams that an SEC team will face this season. And Charlotte, which entered that game, ranked fairly lowly. And, and that Florida offense really struggled, especially in the red zone in that game. Uh, this Kentucky unit is far, far better than anything Florida has faced so far this season. Uh, you know, we'll start up front. Percentage wins versus blocks and pass protection. Uh, Kentucky has been fantastic. They have six guys in the top 31 in the United States right now. Oh, excuse me, in the SEC right now. Among players who have a minimum of 30 pass rush snaps, so far this season, and when I say a, a rep one, I don't necessarily mean a sack or a quarterback pressure credited, but a win in your matchup against an offensive lineman. They have six of the top 31 SEC players. For comparison, Florida's excellent defense, which has performed very well so far this season, has three. So, so double the amount of efficient pass rush up front. Uh, this is a unit that, like I said, has stopped the run exceptionally well, grades out very highly. Uh, against that phase of the game. Um, in the middle, linebacker play has been solid. Uh, not necessarily spectacular. I don't know that they're blowing minds 
you know, with the play up the middle, but very good. Uh, you know, just generally speaking, uh, trying to just go through my notes here in, in the secondary, that's really going to be the focus. There are, uh, a lot of players in this unit that are going to prove effective. Uh, Phillips, one of the corners has allowed 11 of 20 passes for 86 yards. Harrison, the opposite corner, 12 of 25 quarterback passing against him when he's targeted just 100 yards allowed through four games. They have three safeties, all of whom have over at least, you know, at least hundred coverage snaps, uh, so far this season, very low completion percentages against for two of them, 33.3%, 50%. Uh, you know, one of their safeties, love it, might be an area of weakness that this Florida offense uh, could target. He is allowed a 75% completion percentage when targeted, although it's only been on eight reps uh, for 87 yards. So teams have found room, uh, you know, when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, they play an interesting uh, kind of a will linebacker, Sam linebacker, a little bit of a, a star safety, almost like a big star role that Amari Bernie played last year. Uh, Florida fans have seen Manny Nunnery, the Houston transfer, uh, fill that role for this Gator team. Uh, Afari, 92 snaps so far this season, has basically been even split between kind of this Will linebacker, uh, star corner role. High completion percentage against uh, 10 of 11 uh, opposing quarterbacks in terms of passes attempted, but only 53 yards, so 5.3 yards per completion uh, against Afari. Just an indication that a lot of that's going to be underneath, uh, probably coming in, in softer zone or softer man coverage that allows a short pass and a subsequent tackle uh, as he's graded out quite well. So, you know, an athletic group, uh, one that has been successful so far this season, uh, and it is going to force Florida to probably throw the ball. And, and that will, you know, come with its own challenges. Florida has not necessarily protected the quarterback well this season, 9% sack rate against FBS opponents. So that's every game except for McNeese uh, that ranks 102nd in the FBS so far this season. So, uh, rather poor overall pass protection. Graham Mertz was sacked three times against the Charlotte defense. Uh, and now they're going to face a defensive front, a front seven that has been exceptionally effective uh, in putting pressure on the quarterback in winning one-on-one matchups with offensive linemen. Uh, and, and so whether or not Florida is going to be able to keep Graham Mertz clean and, and give him the time uh, to make those downfield passes and to be explosive in the words of Billy Napier uh, to me is what will decide this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, the Gators have mentioned that they absolutely need to keep Graham Mertz cleaner in the pocket. And we've talked about on this podcast how he's done a good job at making plays happen. Even when the pocket breaks down, he has to get outside the pocket, use his legs. And I think that's absolutely going to be something that you're going to see him have to do in this contest. Florida is going to continue to look to disguise the run, use a lot of motion, have a lot of runs to the outside. I think you're going to keep seeing what this offense has made their bread and butter on this season, but facing this defense, like you mentioned, I think a lot of people would have assumed that this front wouldn't be as good as that Utah front seven that they faced out there in Salt Lake city. But you know, the numbers don't lie. It looks like right now, the Wildcats that them being a top 20 defense, that that is absolutely one of the situations that 
could be realistic right now. Again, you've said all this with a big caveat that the competition, they haven't faced really yes. any top 25 teams, just, you know, Vanderbilt in the mix and a few other, what, group of five teams. So this is going to be a big test test to see whether they are a legitimate defense or not. And I think that we'll get, know a lot more about them after this game. But now that we've had a chance to break down what the opponent does well and what they don't do well, how do you see this game shaking out in a way from what are the critical aspects that I think are going to determine this game? What do you think this game comes down to before we get into our predictions here? What is going to determine this game on both sides of the football? What are some of the aspects that I think are going to be proof consequential? I'll let you go first. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go right back to what I just talked about and that's whether or not Florida is going to be able to open things up through the air and keep Graham Mertz clean. Uh, This game will, you know, there's, a cliche when, when discussing football games, uh, you know, the, the game is won in the trenches. It is, but I think in this particular case, it is especially true uh, because you have a Florida offensive front that has been rather porous, you know, kind of, kind of some, some Swiss cheese. There are holes uh, in the offensive line for Florida so far this season that have proven problematic, even against teams that really shouldn't be that potent, uh, potent like Charlotte. Charlotte had a lot of success in, in pressuring Graham Mertz. Um, is Florida's offensive line capable of mustering a better performance against a unit that is looking really, really good? Um, this is, you know, like you said, the, the numbers don't lie. And, and granted, yes, the, the opponents that Kentucky has faced so far this season, I mean, it's, not, it's zero impressive. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, uh, Akron, and now Vanderbilt is their only SEC opponent. They haven't played anybody good, but this is, this is a unit that looks the part uh, and has performed up to standard, given the opponent. I, I, that's what I think my point. I, I, don't, I don't think that Kentucky has failed to deliver against the opponents it needed to deliver against. Um, and, and, you know, for that reason, I, I think that this is going to be a real struggle uh, for this Florida offensive front. And if it can keep Grambert's clean, we could be looking at a, another Florida upset victory. Gators are entering this game as, a, as an underdog and uh, you know, if you had to make me pinpoint one way that, that Florida emerges victorious, it's, it's by keeping Mertz clean uh, and allowing him to open things up through the air in a way that I don't know we've really seen so far against a quality opponent. I absolutely, I, I see where you're coming from, absolutely. And I think the statistics are very impressive for the Wildcats. I just keep coming back to those lists of teams that you rattled off. I I question absolutely the validity of how legitimate that defense could be until they've really played anyone. I still think it's, it's one of those I'm taking a wait and see type approach, but if their defense is able to handle Florida's offense, the Gators can't establish the run and Florida has to do what they did in Utah really, and have Graham Mertz go out and throw for 40 plus times for Florida to be effective. Then I do think this is going to be a really tough game. So being able to win at the line of scrimmage, establish the run is going to be absolutely key I think play calling is massive. I I think that Billy Napier two weeks ago after calling one of his best games against Tennessee, I I think that you need another performance like that from your head coach. You can't be affected by the road environment. I know that we've hardly even talked about the road environment, Kroger field and not to really say it's going to be a massive factor, but fans do remember the last time the Gators went up there, they definitely dealt with 15 procedural penalties. Now there were a lot of things to do with that. You know, they were coming off of COVID Hadn't really played in a full stadium on the road before um, because, you know, 75% capacity. And then you go to Kentucky, a lot of new guys who haven't played on the road. 
a lot of things happened. I don't think that that's really going to be a huge case, but it is certainly going to be a factor. The Gators ability to run their offense while they have 60,000 plus bearing down on them. They didn't do a great job of that at Utah and quarterback Graham Mertz this week came out and said that they are going to have to have a road warrior mentality. They're going to have to be more hardened on the road. They, they understand that they, they can't take the road environment lightly, but they can't also let it get them out of their game. They're still going to have to play fun. So I do think that's going to be a factor. And then the last one, I think that's one of the big keys to the game is how Florida's pass defense handles Devin Leary. I have a lot of faith in Florida's front seven. I think that they're actually going to win the matchup against that potent um, Kentucky rushing attack. But I think it's if how you handle Devin Leary. If this guy has a 300 plus passing yard game or he throws for three touchdowns, I mean, this is going to be a tough game for the Gators to win. So shutting him down, making him get picked off six, seventh times this season, he's sitting at five heading into this game. You mentioned turnovers. If the Gators can get a big one, that is absolutely, I think, a game-changing situation, intangible, just like that Tennessee game was. You know, I had predicted that the Gators were going to get a critical turnover against Tennessee, against a quarterback in Joe Milton, who hadn't really turned the ball over much. And to see that come to fruition, we saw how impactful that was on the game. The Gators were able to capitalize on that scoring drive, and that was absolutely a play of, of consequence Then we got in the second half. So... With all that said about our keys to the game, Jacob and I are going to give our initial predictions on where we think things stand for this Florida team when the 60 minutes of football have been played, how we think this thing shakes out. Uh, I, I think we may be a little bit split in this one. I'm going to go ahead and go first, though. I'm going to say that the Gators pull out a 24 to 20 victory. In Lexington, I think it's going to be a very, very narrow contest. I think special teams is going to play a factor. But I think you're going to see Trevor Etienne once again show what kind of weapon he can be. I think he's going to have a 100-yard game on the ground. I think he's going to be effective against this Kentucky defense that I think is maybe not as good as the numbers indicate. And I think that Florida ends up getting another clean game from Graham Mertz. It's not going to be perfect. I think they could still deal with some some penalties, some procedural issues, but if they can extend drives, eat up seven, eight minutes a game clock, get a turnover, establish the run, I think the Florida ends up winning this game. I'm going 24-20 right now. Jacob, where are you leaning? This is a tough one. I've, I've gone back and forth on this all week. I've been, I've been dreading this Thursday evening uh, podcast recording because I have really honestly struggled uh, to, to make a decision. I can see a lot of merit to what Graham just said. Uh, I think that this is a Florida offense that has looked okay, all things considered so far this season. Um, had some really bright moments, but it's also had some really dull moments. Uh, this is a Florida defense that looks really good, really, really good. Uh, but this is a road test and, and it's sometimes the talent doesn't always travel. There are complications that come with, you know, going on the road and, and having to deal with that environment and the pressure that comes with that and the support, you know, swinging in a, in a direction that you haven't felt since week one, when it was a disaster, uh, for Florida on the road and granted Florida's defense performed well, but it's offense didn't really show up, uh, in Salt Lake city. And so those are all things that, uh, have come to mind over the last couple of days for me uh, where I've settled though, is, is this, I, I have it at 2117 Kentucky. Um, and it comes down to this for me. I worry about Florida's ability to keep Graham Mertz clean in this contest. I think 
if I had seen Florida really offer lights out pass protection in its win over Charlotte, uh, and it allowed for some more efficient, clean offensive operation, I would have been a lot more encouraged and probably leaning more towards an upset. Uh, but I just, I struggle to generate the confidence necessary that this offensive line is going to stop what is a very deep and very experienced and talented defensive front that frankly looks really good. Um, and, and yes, I understand that it has come against lower level opponents uh, and that has to count for something. Uh, but again, Florida, in, in the same way that Kentucky has succeeded against lower level opponents, uh, Florida kind of put a dud out there uh, against Charlotte, against a lower level opponent in terms of its pass blocking uh, and offensive production overall, just one touchdown. Uh, and so being on the road, facing what I think is, is at minimum a solid defense, uh, you have to deal with the crowd. You have to clean up the operational issues that Florida had offensively. Uh, I see a game in which Florida is going to look real good on defense. Only 21 points allowed in somebody else's house uh, is huge. That I think is going to be really impressive, and it will be something that stands out quite clearly from the game. Uh, but I, I, I think, and, and I'm not confident about this pick, but I think Florida's offense is, is in a position to maybe leave something to be desired on the road. Well, there you have it. I think we both agree that this is going to be a close game. Four-point outcome for both of us. We see it going different directions. Look for more predictions from the Swamp 247 staff tomorrow. We'll have it all over on the site where you can check out a little bit more of our opinions fleshed out as well as from staff members from, from Blake Alderman and from our intern Donovan Kaiser. Make sure you check that out. And we'll be back next week to recap this Kentucky game and, and start looking ahead at what the Gators got to contend with with next week's matchup against Vanderbilt, which will be homecoming for the Gators. So stay tuned to swamp247.com. Tons of content coming to you from Lexington. Jacob and I will be up there for this noon kickoff against the Wildcats. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.